Hello. Welcome back in to another episode of the Simon Short Podcast. We have a great pod here for you today. Uh, Kevin Smick is back to do a joint NBA draft recap and NBA free agency preview. We also hit a bunch of news, a bunch of the topics that are going into free agency. It is a jam-packed long episode this week i haven't done the editing yet but i know we're very close to two hours so i'm going to keep this intro pretty short um i know i do the or i started doing last week the mcu show secret invasion episode recaps and uh sort of analysis sort of just reaction to the episode this week the second episode came out i will keep it pretty short just because of the long uh podcast episode that we have going for you this week um I was I was a little disappointed in, in Secret Invasion this week. I thought it didn't really have a lot that kind of came of it. We saw the fallout of the bombing in the square in Moscow. Uh, we saw a little bit of the fallout of the spoiler alert Maria Hill death um, with, with Fury meeting with Maria Hill's mother when he got back afterwards. Um, you know, we saw his conversation with Brody, which I think was supposed to carry a lot of weight. It didn't really. And, and here is why. Uh, theory, theory corner here, and it's not really that big of one. I think everybody's kind of on the same page with the show that we think Brody is going to be the big reveal of being a scroll. Um, and, and I don't think it's going to be he was a scroll going way back into like phase three or anything like that. Um, I've heard arguments for both sides of it, of of when should Rhodey have been taken over and, and impersonated by a scroll. I ultimately fall under, I think if it happened before Endgame, that would ruin a lot of what happened in Infinity War and Endgame for, for Rhodey to be Tony Stark's best, you know, essentially one of his best friends um, and to be there at his death and that to have, been a scroll would just be really weird and 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 not very cool i don't think so i think it happened post end game somewhere but we're all kind of on that page though that roadie scroll and i think because of that it took a lot away from what i think was supposed to be the the main scene the top scene in this week's episode of secret invasion where roadie comes to tell fury hey man you messed up by coming here why were you here this explosion happened this looks bad you're fired um and it was supposed to play on the relationship between the two, but they didn't talk about being Avengers together at all. They talked about obviously their struggles as black men in the United States and rising the ranks of the government and law enforcement, um, which obviously has carries a lot of weight to it. But in terms of – and they talked about like, oh, Fury was the one that got Rhodey started in, in this job on the political side and brought him in, I guess, folded him into the Avengers. And, um, you know, they, they talked about thing, just things around what their main part of their relationship is, which is, hey, they're Avengers. They saved the world together countless times, but they didn't really talk about that, and I think that's because – Rhodey's a scroll, and so he doesn't really have that that same emotion. He knows it happened, but he didn't have that emotional weight behind it the same way that I think the real Rhodey would have. So I think that was a bummer. And again, maybe that's not really the reason why. Maybe they just wanted to focus on the other stuff. But I think that was a disservice to that moment, which I think was supposed to be the main moment of the episode. Um, 
we had the reveal that Gravik is working with scrolls who have invaded um, both Russian and U.S. political circles. Um, and he's now the general of the scrolls and basically is going to decide whatever that they're going to do. We find out that there's actually about a million scrolls living on Earth. So, so we learn a few things, but I didn't feel like we moved the story further anymore. Um, we just kind of got some fallout from the first episode. And again, the the roadie piece, I think that was supposed to be the main highlight of this week's episode and them not talking about Tony or about the Avengers, I think was was really where we kind of lost some of the value we would have had in that conversation. Um, there's more to come. This is obviously just episode two. We have six total. The create I heard in a, on another podcast that the creator said that this is basically like a, more of the long movie sort of six episode TV show rather than an episodic week to week thing. So they even said there are going to be lulls in the episodes. Um, so I take this as that. It is disappointing. We move on. I'm not going to judge a show based on one episode. I'm going to wait until all six are out. Um, so yeah, that's Secret Invasion. Make sure you come back next week to my reaction for that episode or for episode three. Then before we get into the main bit of the podcast, just like we're doing here today. So everyone, without further ado, my conversation with Smick on NBA Draft and Free Agency. Enjoy. All right, Kevin Smick is here. We're talking hoops. A lot going on right now in the world of the NBA. That's where our focus will be this week. First off, Smick, welcome back in. How's it going? What's up, man? I have a mic now, so that's cool. Hope I sound a little bit better for your, 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 uh, your fans and stuff, so... Dude, Let's you're just it, you're you're just gonna out professional me on my own podcast. You're just gonna blow right by me here. Um, you have some interesting stuff uh in, in the hopper at the end. I'll let you talk about that if you want to. But um, everyone, make sure I put this in the episode description every time Smick comes on. Make sure you're following Smick. He's got some fun stuff coming. He's got the new mic now. He's resharing some old um drumming covers that he's got going on on, on the kit from back in the day. Um, you, you never know. I was you just fire that back up. You might you might. You, you just might get it from him. You just might get it. Um, but here we go. We are going to do a draft recap. We won't spend too long on that. This week, obviously, the draft is uh, at least a week old at this point by the time you're listening. Um, we're going to hit a little bit of that, just talk about some things that stood out to us. We're going to hit some of the news going into the free agency period, which I believe this year starts on like Saturday or Friday afternoon, something weird like that. It's Friday at uh, 6. Friday at six. It's really weird going right into the weekend, but hey, you know, gotta do what you gotta do. So we'll hit some of the topics that are uh, kind of abound in the league on the Twitter sphere right now, going into free agency, and then we'll run through a list of free agents and just kind of talk through what they might be worth, what their value might be, to what teams, and, and where we think they might go. But Smick, you ready? Always ready. I've been ready right, for let's this hit- for days and weeks. Let's let's do it. Let's hit this draft recap. I just want to do a real simple winners and losers. Obviously, I know you love the term losers. It's really hard to say someone's a loser at the draft just because, you know, there's a, there's plenty of there's so much time. So much can happen. But in the eyes of what we're looking at right now, we will call them losers. But let's start on a positive note. Smith, who'd you have as a winner from the draft uh, for the NBA last week? Dramatic pause for you. The Washington Wizards. 
You suck. Uh, why'd you? I told you I would love to do a whole podcast on just oh, the Washington God. Wizards rebuild, which I love. This is phenomenal, man. Sorry, we're gonna man. do this jump, right now. Jump we're on board, man. Jump we're on board. This is phenomenal. Malal Koulibaly. Do we know if he's going to be good? Absolutely not. Did he maybe get drafted <laughs> a little too high? Maybe. Uh, but let's see. Like, you guys needed to be drafting higher for where you want to be, but you're not. That's the fact. Don't you, worry. You, we we started the rebuild in the tank after the Wemby draft. Don't. So it's it's all going to work out. The Flyers did it in the NHL. They they literally started to tank after Bedard and the whole generational prospect, the same process. The Flyers and the Wizards are the same franchises. <laughs> anyway, uh, when you're drafting seven, um, and this is a good draft class. This is a great draft class, I'd say. Amazing draft um, class. Yeah, this is one of the better ones in a really long time. Um, You just got to take some absolute swing, especially when you're super early for where you guys are at right now. I just think that Taking the unknown guy, you know, is he Bruno Cabocola, the two years away from being <laughs> two years away? No. Um, but Bilal just seemed like a high upside guy. I can't say I've watched some tons of Metro games. I've actually watched a couple over the past few weeks, I guess, or, you know, the month when they were actually on the NBA app. That was cool. Um, but the fact that, Simon, you guys just got to take some home runs. I'm on swings. YouTube right now. I'm trying to get behind this. I'm on YouTube. That's right. You I, keep going. Uh, you need some swings. You need some swings right now. And this is the perfect time to do this. So right now you're at the beginning of this rebuild. He has two to three years, probably even four years to figure it out. He's what, 18? He's still very young. Um, this is a perfect draft spot for him. If you guys did this a couple years from now, I don't think that makes sense. Uh, I want to guess that you guys traded up because you were afraid the Thunder were going to do this. Thunder um, or um, there was another team that liked them. But yeah, yeah, yeah. They were worried about a couple teams. In my opinion, if the Thunder are trying to go after him, this is the right guy. Um, I'm obsessed with their rebuild. They're doing it correctly. I'm waiting for them to maybe even trade for a star or something when they're going to be phenomenal this year. Um, but no, dude, seriously, I just love what the Wizards did. Um, I think this is a great start. This is a perfect prospect. Like you mentioned, uh, did you mention what? Jairus Walker and Taylor Hendricks, right? Uh, I liked Hendricks and Cam Whitmore. You're your guy, Villanova guy. That's true. Uh, who we Cam, will talk about. I, I could see the, the case for both of them, but I think maybe the guy that is a little more unknown with, I, I could have seen the Cam Whitmore, but I think you guys really need to go for a star. And if this guy even is even mentioned in the same breath as Giannis, even though, you know, that's, a one in a million, but if that's the case, just, just go for it. It is, it is. No, I totally agree. But who cares? Like, let him figure it out. Take years. I think he could be. His defense is fine. Is he going to be Frankie Smokes? I don't know. He <laughs> might be Frank Nierkina. Um No, what what I'm getting at? This You've is mentioned perfect... Bruno Cabocolo and Frankie Nierkina in this five minute rant about we why need this to is take a good shots. You guys need to be bad. Um, he he has a perfect opportunity to just figure stuff out. Um, shoot, maybe he even start. He should start. Uh, anyway, yeah, I, I'm in on it. Winner. So here's here's my thing, and and I'm watching YouTube clips as I uh, as I respond to this. But here here's my philosophy on, on the on the drafting and for a tanking and rebuilding team, which I'm all here for. I've been waiting for 
for years for this. You've been waiting for since we met. The Wizards were like in the Eastern Conference semifinals, and you were like, "Y'all should really just tank." And I'm like, "What are you talking about? I'm finally, I finally got a good team. You're killing me, man." Um, Generational six seed. <laughs> listen, they were the five seed once. Um, here, here, so here, here are my views on on the tank, and and in terms of Koulibaly, I. I Reserve the right to watch more and, and come back with a more uh, put-together thought. But here's my thing. Yes, he's a total project. Yes, there's a lot of work to do. Yes, you have to take massive swings when you're in the tank. But if I'm taking a massive swing, I want the 100 out of 100 result to be knocking that thing out of the park, right? What I'm worried about with Koulibaly, based on everything that draft experts, guys that we read and follow and respect, like uh, Sam Fasini and Kevin O'Connor, what those guys are saying, everything I'm hearing and, and the way that we've learned to kind of adjust our thinking based on the words from certain people, right? So you learn what these experts really value. So so Kevin O'Connor from The Ringer, he loves upside. Like he just Like he would just build a theoretical team. And like as soon as he finds out what the ceiling of that person might be, he would trade them for picks. Like he's team blow it up all the time. And and he's always gonna lean towards that athleticism. He's always gonna lean towards that, ooh, that intrigue, that mystery, yada, yada, yada. But even dialing that back and reading what he is evaluating, and then looking at someone like Sam Fasini and the way he does things, I see immense defensive upside and and just from what i've watched and i just wonder okay what's his true max on offense right if his true max on offense is you know a a three like a a three-point shooter and transition slasher cutter kind of guy like that's great for a, a already good team but by the time he develops into that how ex- a how expensive is he going to be, and b what's the rest of your team going to look like? Are you going to be ready for that, or is this paying an Otto Porter style role player, different type of player? But are you paying a, a role player too much money because you drafted him high in the lottery? Now, sure, there might be a five percent chance he really tightens up the handle, he tightens up the shot mechanics a little more, he gets the confidence to really become an A one type of guy with the ball in his hands but i want i would rather swing on a guy that i felt like could get 25 points a night and be an all nba guy not a 17 point a game guy who could make it all the defensive team right if i'm gonna take these biggest of big swings and you don't always get the opportunity to do that right like you said they're, they're drafting seven or they're drafting eight they're trading up to seven to get this guy which that part I got over. I was a little, you, you know, I was a little upset trading trading picks through that, but they got some picks back later, which well, they took another drafted stash guy. Wizards fans know this all too well. Second round draft and stash guys does not work out. The only one that did was Tomas Sandorensky, and they played him in the wrong position for seven years before he left. It's more moving assets on. to move. It's okay. Move, moving on. Yeah. Um, one one last thing I would like to say about Bilal. Are, are you done with Bilal? Or are you no, hey, hey. I... So there's a one percent chance that he becomes that guy that can put the ball in his hands, and I'm just wor- I'm just saying I would rather have taken a guy like a Taylor Hendricks who I think could has a real high upside for an offensive ability as a three point shooter, and I think he could develop a little more with the ball in his hands. Cam Whitmore being there, I know I, 
the thing on Cam Whitmore is it sounds like there are some medical concerns, which was why he fell. I know there were some basketball feel concerns, which you mentioned the Thunder. Wizards' new GM, Will Dawkins, the number two on the basketball side of things, comes from OKC, which makes does make me feel really good. They like guys that OKC likes to draft guys that they think have good feel and are good with the ball in their hands. So if he sees that in Koulibaly, then I have some hope there. Um, but if Cam Whitmore is like this uh, guy who can walk in and with the body type and the driving ability and some shooting ability really score and make plays and just has to learn how to play within an offense that I see as the bigger, higher swing, because I just have to trust my coaching staff to coach them up on how to play the right way and rant for Koulibaly. That's where, that's where I'm at. I will give it a chance. I will root for the guy. Absolutely. I see some things that I like, but I think there were higher upside swings that a tanking team could take. One, one last point is um, anytime you can get an absolute freak athlete, um, mm-hmm. I think your upside is endless and not saying that those other two aren't, but I think that just unlocks what you can do. Like, look at, I'm going to use Giannis and I hate to use it, but like he is, you take away his athleticism. He's not who he is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so really unlocks a part of a game that most people just can never even get to even if they wanted to. Um, so if he figures everything out, which he's going to have time to, and I think it's the perfect situation to do so. Um, he's at worst going to be a phenomenal defensive player. And if he can figure out a three point stroke, like you, okay, great. You got a three and D guy. That's seven, two wingspan. Uh, I'm all in on that. So I think it's a little safer than it even sounds. Uh, Cause I think he's going to be able to stay on the court, but I think the, if he can actually figure out how to like get downhill and, and uh, which he's already pretty good at, but basically just learn how to score. I think it's a home run, but I think this is the, the upside swing that was needed for years for Washington. Take it for now, but I have my reservations. Uh, Let me hit my first winner here. We mentioned Cam Whitmore. It's the Rockets. You know, uh, this is very for for my listeners who are more NFL heads because that's that's what we do a lot on this podcast. It's very New York Jets in 2022 draft getting the edge rusher Jermaine Johnson in the 20s when they were thinking about taking him at 13 where they took Garrett Wilson, right? If we're watching that Jets draft. Before they get Sauce Gardner, we love. We know they love Jermaine Johnson, the edge rusher. They take Garrett Wilson at 13. And then we're hearing as Jermaine Johnson falls past 15, 16, that they're trying to trade back in and get him. And I think – I forget if they traded back in. I think they traded back in at like 23 or something. They got Johnson. They're just ecstatic. That's what Houston was doing here. Cam Whitmore was a guy that people were like, could he go fourth overall, fifth overall? Houston really likes him. They could take him at four. Houston was trying to trade up on draft night get into like that 14, 15, 16 range. They don't get there. It's a it's a slew of veteran-laden teams trying to win a championship, so they're not going to take a risk on a player with their first-round pick. Kim Wartmore falls to 20, but so, so that's a great swing, but Amon Thompson going there to Houston. I love the Thompson Twins, man. I absolutely love them. They're not here for the BS. Amen of the two Thompson twins is the creator. He's more the the point forward type. I think he's going to come in and organize that offense. I think he's him and Ime Udoka are going to be a good match stylistically and personality wise. And I really like their draft. what do you think about Houston? So I had to unmute myself, but yes, uh, they're the obvious winner. Um, you already picked them. So, I mean, I would, I would have gone first with them. I just, but I just love what the wizards did. Uh, no, uh, 
I exactly what you said when when it was word that they were trying to trade up from like 16 to 19. I even tweeted actually out. I'm like, this absolutely is mm-hmm, Cam Whitmore. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just fell in their lap. Uh, that is just like dream case scenario. I wish I could think of an example. I know this happened a few times in the past where someone like this fell and it just fell in the perfect fit team. But yeah, no, I, I mean, they're the Rockets. I'm like, I'm still very unsure what they're going to do. I think this changes probably what they're going to do in free agency. It looked like they were going to go like all Chris Middleton and James Harden which I didn't think ever made sense, but we'll get into this later, but it looks like they're trying to throw money at Fred Van Vliet, which, mm-hmm. you know, it makes sense to have a young like Lopez. Or like a, yeah. Yeah. Get a, get an old veteran leader, not old, but get a veteran leader point guard that can help develop these young guys. Cause these young guys just seem like they just don't have any direction necessarily. And, and I'm still yeah. unsure of the rest of the squad, but you know, I'm in Thompson is looks phenomenal. And uh, Jalen green's not the guy and, I don't know if Jabari Smith is either, but, um, you know, they, it's, this is what happens when you don't get the number one pick in the draft and, and you're basically drafting from three and four endlessly. See mm-hmm. uh, Orlando Magic. I was, uh, Dude, so. I was just about to say that. Yep, yeah, so I, that, that's that's where I'll leave with that. I, they're a really fun core. So if they go Shangoon, uh, Jabari Smith, Cam Whitmore, Ahmed Thompson, Jalen Green, that's fun as a young team as we have at the NBA, I'd say, but. I put the thunder more exciting than that, but that's still very cool. That's a great one. I don't know how good it is. Draft night though, they killed it from where they were and what they could do. Like they knocked out the park. So the obvious, obvious winner. Yep. Um, I was going back through the drafts. Michael Porter Jr. felt like the most recent in the yeah. 2018 draft. Uh, just a real top five high upside guy that slips almost out of the lottery. Obviously goes to Denver and is a key part in winning a championship. So um this is the same I, thing yeah like a top five player clearly that medical and, concerns and we medical, i don't know what medical issues that i think there's there's some knee stuff with cam whitmore is what i'm hearing but it sounds like to varying degrees of teams some teams had him completely all and this is all speculate or at least this is what i've heard from people who have done sure. some mild reporting at least some teams had him all the way off some teams had him you know like comes down to a tiebreaker or you go the other way some teams had him kind of in the yeah, we would think so, but maybe later kind of deal. Um, but I, I, I think this just ended up being. And there is some, there's some feel stuff. There is some true like basketball, like not being a ball stopper, making the right reads, actually being able to make passes when he wants, when he can, um, staying engaged off ball defensively. All stuff we hear about with young guys, but this is a guy that's like, what is he like six six two thirty and can get to the hole and finish at the rim and just has all the upside in the world. So again, that's the big swing that I like. And yeah, you put him in there with, with those guys. I think Jabari Smith as, as a shooter, Jalen green has, he, he can put up buckets with the ball in his hand and you just get Amen and Ime Udoka there to kind of steady the ship. Really like what Houston did. Uh, Smith, give me your, give me your first loser. This is the part you've been waiting for. Well, I'm reading the show notes. I'm stealing yours, but it's, you asked me first. You asked me first. So don't don't uh, put my quote in there. Don't put my don't don't say my quote. Don't say my quote. I, I will say not. My quote. So I'll, I'll I'll leave that. It's the Hornets, man. Yeah, yeah. Like, did you see Mitch Kupchak's interview? <laughs> he clearly didn't want to take this guy. Like, I it's a power struggle there. Somehow they are. I was thinking about ripping the the Bulls earlier, which I will get into. Um. 
I'm like, man, are they the worst ran organization? But I always forget about the Hornets. Like, I don't think you can beat the Hornets. Like, there's so many bad organizations in the NBA, Sixers included. And that's a fun podcast idea. They, absolutely. I would love to rip teams. Um, <laughs> dude, what are they doing? Like, Scoot Henderson's probably going. No, Scoot Henderson is going number one in most NBA drafts. Mm-hmm. It just happened that a generational mm-hmm. uh, monster was mm-hmm. available at pick one. Um, Brandon Miller, man, like, I think what this comes down to is, well, let's, you know, you always should dress for fit over talent in the NBA when course, you're yeah. rebuilding. Always. Yep. Yeah, never do that. Uh, they did that. They drafted for fit. Like, oh, yeah, well, we have, I still think LaMelo and Scoot could play together. They would be brilliant together, Smith. They I would think Scoot could play with anybody. Phenomenal. And I think, I think LaMelo could play with anybody. LaMelo, I think, right. could be very much the way Lonzo is as, he, you want me to be on ball and, and run pick and roll and be a true point guard? Great. You want me to be off ball, shoot threes and like be a connector, making hit ahead passes and and extra pass. They they could have done it. They could have done it. Scoot is a dog. Mm-hmm. The league mm-hmm. needs more of those. I mean, you see, it's just so lazy. But you compare them like guys like guys like Jimmy Butler. Just like play with like the NBA, like there's so many like guys that just are there just because Anthony they're Edwards good at sport. is a dog. I love Anthony Edwards, and he doesn't even love basketball that much. I think he just genuinely loves to like beat the crap out of people. So wherever he can do that, he's well about he it. He's talented as hell, and he loves to destroy people. That's a perfect combo for the NBA. Yeah, uh, but um, not, not and then not to shame anything for Brandon Miller because I think he'd still be okay, but. Uh, people, I think this just comes down to the NBA dying for NBA or dying for length and wings and, mm-hmm. and shooting and create to, or creation from the wings. And I think, um, I understand that part. Cause that is, I, there just seems to be so many guards. And I guess it's hard to find these types of guys like Michael Bridges and stuff. And mm-hmm. I mean, I, I, he would have gone pick three if he didn't. So, I mean, like how yeah. much of a loser is it? But like when you're at the, at the, when you draft at the top of the draft, yeah, it's still you could still be a loser, even though you might have picked the next best guy, because that next right. best guy is a big, big gap in the top of the draft, at least. To me, it's not even so much about Brandon Miller; it's just passing on Scoot. Like I think passing on Scoot is one hundred percent violation here, not necessarily what Brandon Miller is going to be. Now, here was the thing where I was out on Brandon Miller. <laughs> um, I don't know about you. This might be a whole nother pod too. The production of the draft is just awful. And I mean, I'm I'm such a draft nerdy purist that I just love watching the draft and hearing people talk about the players and seeing them walk across. I I love that stuff. I love the pageantry of it. But five years ago or whenever they started doing these interviews with every player walking off the stage and now there's a couch and now their parents sit there. It's it's horrible. It's horrible. You had the foursome that they had for the draft would have brought such good analysis on every pick. And they talked for 30 seconds combined on everybody. It was terrible. Anyways, moving on. Brandon Miller sits on the couch <laughs> after we have Wembenyama, who's like crying about how emotional this is and how much he wants to win and how much he's there to win a championship and continue the legacy and all this stuff. Brandon Miller sits down there like, what do you think about playing with LaMelo? He's like, we're going to have fun, man. Just like, dude, come on, man. We're gonna and he said it like four or five times and just like 
again, that didn't he guarantee he, a championship? I think he said that later, like in a second, in a second interview, like off, but it's like the first, and you know, this might sound like we're just old people or something like, but like, come on, man, we're going to have fun. Charlotte's been having fun for years and you know what it's brought them? Not, not a whole heck of a lot, not a whole heck of a lot. Um, uh, so that was when I was officially out on the pick again. I think Brandon Miller is going to be a pretty good player. Um, but that I was all the way out on that. I mean, Paul George uh, is his goat. So, oh my gosh, that's terrible. We should we should address this. When Benyama, he he had a good lineup. They asked him about who he would have uh pulled for the all for the Monstars game, and he said Steph, LeBron, Jordan. I think he said Duncan and Shaq. Um, oh, he had Steph have, for Spurs. No some, yeah, but it was like okay, good list, good job, way to go. That's um, great pandering, honestly. But then he ranked Star Wars movies, and he had Attack of the Clones as the second. Uh, I know this isn't really your realm, but it's just come, buddy, buddy. You got to You you can't be having Attack of the Clones there, my man. You gotta you gotta work. Wemby, hit me up. We'll we'll, hit, we'll watch some Star Wars. Um, I'm not right. here for my movie takes, so yeah, I'm gonna, I said that one out. <laughs> Do you have any other winners here? Any other winners? Or yeah, losers? any other winners. <laughs> I love to talk about the audience should note I very clearly said winners and Smick knows that <laughs> and he just wants to talk losers. So sure, Smick, give me a, give me another loser. Go ahead. Uh well, I'll just say a quick winner. I I, I like uh the Thunder going up two picks and taking on some salary when they know mm-hmm. they're probably not spending money. So to to make yep. sure they get Casey Wallace who's probably going to be a stud. Um because mm-hmm. I kind of think there was kind of a pretty big drop off there. Um yeah, uh, so to answer your question, to go with some losers. Uh, answer your question. There's kind of on the other end of that trade. I hated what Dallas did. Made no sense. So you, you're telling me you tanked the end of the season, which they call a lot of slack for, just to salary dump. Davis uh, Bertans. Mm-hmm. And just to go back to the pick, you kind of would have been at anyway. Mm-hmm. So that to me, that... Well, they would have lost the pick, though. It would have gone oh, to New right. York if it was out of top. You team. know what? I'm sorry. Someone said that elsewhere, and it, I was like, "Yeah, it's dumb." But yeah, okay, so it's not that dumb. And actually, they end up getting. I think they can pick up the full mid level exception because of that. I think they can. I think they can even. So they. This is where I I was kind of half in and half out on the Mavs, and it's more. That's why. Right. Yeah, what are came they, out what are to like losing? a long term question mark for me. Because over the ever since they went to the conference finals, they've taken apart the team that took them there, and that was a perfect fit around Luca. You know, yeah. uh, pick and roll dive centers, uh, three and D wings, right? That's all you need around Luca and, and a secondary creator. They took all that away, and they traded what was left of it to get Kyrie, and then they're like, "Well, we have to jump through a bunch of hoops to get a couple pick and roll centers," and. They did all this trade machination on draft night to get Derek Lively Jr., who I like, who I, you know, fine pick and roll center, has a decent three point shot, could be a good defender. Sure, go ahead. Trade Davis Bertans, create trade exception. That was like a $15 million trade exception. I'm like, oh man, they can do something with this. Right. And they used 12 of it to bring in Rashawn Holmes to be their backup pick and roll center. It's like you could have just had, you know, Dwight Powell and JaVale McGee and, <laughs> and done this and used this pick. On a Jalen Brunson replay, you know, you could have gotten a case in Wallace, you could have gotten a, a Kobe Bufkin, you know, so it's more of this long term three year process that I'm confused at other than aside from, you know, hey, they got Derek Lively, they get this um 
Omax guy, this Dorian Finney-Smith replacement, essentially, right, um, as a wing defender. So there's some stuff there that I liked, but at the end of it, I'm just like, what was it? What was it all for? Yeah, so they clearly struggle with rebounding and defense, interior defense, and they were like, we have to shore that up. Uh, we mentioned this in the past that, you know, uh, Dwight Powell is just not cutting it. I mean, you were even like, what are they doing? Uh, to me, this just always comes back to this is my main point. It just drives me nuts. And I don't really think it was their fault, but it just comes down to losing Brunson. Like, mm-hmm. that, that's really what messed everything up. And and now it seems to be like they're panicking and that Luca's probably going to be gone if they don't make some improvements. But you're you're right. Like, the it made sense in the moment. So this is why they're still a loser for me. But, like, it made sense in the moment. Like, okay, well, let's trade back here. Let's get this huge exception. And like you said, you just – take on Rashawn Holmes who was out of the uh, rotation for Sacramento and I still like him honestly yeah so I don't I don't think it's terrible he's way better than Dwight Powell um but to me that's an odd way to take an exception I mean if they can use the MLE and and yeah, we'll get into yeah they can use that now so that again it's going to be a holistic grading but it, to use everything they had on draft night do the tank to get keep their pick, like you said, just to get this team looking back like it did two years ago. Yeah. Just like you you didn't need to do all that. Um, let's see. I had the Wizards as a loser. I talked <laughs> through that already. Um uh, on uh, let me just hit you with with three teams quickly here for my winners and then we'll move on. Um, I mentioned Taylor Hendricks and he went to the Jazz at nine. They also take Keontae George at sixteen. Uh, I don't know much about Keontae George. I looked it up. I, I looked at some of his stuff. Just a dude with good feel. Uh, just just a guy who can do stuff with the ball in his hands. I think he could play with Colin Sexton. I think uh, off the ball or on the ball. I think he could play without Sexton. Uh, Taylor Horton Tucker picked up his option, so he's returning to the Jazz for eleven million dollars. I think he could play with him in the backcourt as more of the primary ball handler. Um, I think he can be a good defender. Um. You know, this whole quick sidebar, the way the NBA playoffs go now, and it, it it's the hunting match of, of the smaller guy, which I'm not against doing it. But it's just so funny how we talk about the defenders now, because it used to be the Trey Youngs and the Jalen Brunsons and those guys where it's like, oh, man, if you're six foot, six one, you don't you're not that big. You don't try that hard. You're going to get hunted. Keontae George is six four, two hundred and ten pounds. And I'm reading draft reports that are like he's going to get hunted in the playoffs. And it's like, what do you want the man to do? I, not every guard can be six foot seven, anyways. Um, but Taylor Hendricks is a guy that right now is a four. He is already a good standstill spot up shooter. He has defensive abilities now and upside for on the ball, but off the ball, he's a good you know rim protector, rotational guy. Um, th- this was just a, a good draft getting those two guys. Uh, another quick one: the Miami Heat. At 18, Jaime Jaquez, just beautiful, man. Beautiful. I mean, we all fell in love with Jaime Jaquez during that 2020 March uh, NCAA tournament. Perfect fit. Um, just, be- just beautiful fit, man. Just fantastic. I love that. And then you were tweeting about this with, with the Nuggets, um, but they made all those all those moves to get, to get some picks. They traded some future picks, I think like 2029 pick and picked up two picks in this draft. And then they moved up from 40 to 37. They take Julian Strother, Jalen Pickett, and Hunter Tyson. Um, I believe at least two of those guys were upperclassmen. 
and all three, I believe, are pretty decent shooters. Uh, it's a wing, it's a forward, it's a guard. Um, Jalen Pickett, by the way, his all his scouting reports, it just sounds like Bruce Brown, uh, which I, I love. It's like, ooh, oversized guard with some guard skills, but also an undersized big with some uh, of those like rebounding defensive skills. And it's just like, cool, Bruce Brown replacement. There you go. Um, to get those three guys who we just saw what Christian Brown did for them, I thought all of those were good picks. Um, so, so of those three teams, do, do any of those ones stand out to you in particular? Yeah, I mean, I also tweeted about the the Nuggets as well. Um, I saw a couple of things on like it's clear to you can clearly see who understands the new CBA or what it's going to be, mm-hmm. um, and the Nuggets are definitely one of those teams who are like. We need picks now. This is our window. We don't really care about the future. Uh, we just want a title and like, let's just go get it. And I think when they made that move, even like during the finals, they're like, regardless if we win or not, we need players now. They know that they might lose Bruce Brown mm-hmm. and how important he was. And at one take I always have, and if I were running an NBA team, especially if you're in a win now mode, taking these four year players that like, there's a certain guy, but like, like I said, Josh Richardson comes to mind because no one wanted Josh Richardson. And like, this is not like some superstar, but he's like a perfect second round pick because you're like, well, he's old, but like he was the best player on his team, Tennessee, at least for three to four years. And what that does is like, to me, it takes a certain player. Like if, if you like the character enough and you're like, no, this guy would be able to slide in as a role player. To me, that's perfect. And Jalen Pickett, who, uh, what's he? He was, uh, I forget which one was that before Penn State, but transferred into Penn State. And basically, he won conference player of the year at whatever, I'm sorry, whatever school. This, I'm just going off the top of the dome. Uh, but he uh, won. Sienna. He was at Sienna. Thank you. Yes, he was mm-hmm. at Sienna. Won conference player of the year there. And it's like, okay, let me upgrade. Let me go to the Big 12. And maybe it was first team all Big 12 or Big 10. Um, Anyway, so I just think, like, if you like the character enough and you get, like, a guy who's clearly been the best player, someone that easily slots into, like, a perfect role player, like, honestly, immediately. And they need immediate production, and they can't really sit around for these projects to hit. They're not looking for that. And I think that was love fit, perfect, and it's, like, just such a smart move, man. Like, that's just just a great move by the Nuggets. Um, One other draft take I want to take. I love Taylor Hawkins. Taylor Hawkins. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Jordan Hawkins. I love Jordan Hawkins. Uh, dude, just lights out shooter. Just he's a stud. Uh, I don't see how he would honestly fail. He's going to be a phenomenal pro. I think he's a perfect fit in New Orleans. Great pick by them. Uh, yeah, and Jaime Jaquez. Uh, definitely screams role player. Like he's no really ton oh, yeah. of upside there, but you you know what you're going to get, and he probably is going to play right away. Uh, so I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. But that's such a great pick by the Heat, man. We'll, we'll talk about the Heat, but Max Struess likely, you know, or Gabe Vincent, one of the two, they definitely won't keep more than both of them, might not be able to keep either of them. Hakez just coming in as that shooter, defender, rebounder, you good passer as well. He's not going to, like, shake and bake anybody, but good passer, just a, a perfect Miami role player. He seems like um, a great teammate and just seem like someone that just, like, yeah. truly is obsessed with winning and um, yeah. seems like he definitely works hard and yeah you know what the um this is probably going to hurt you you know what the jordan hawkins pick reminded me of going to the pelicans specifically can you think of a pelicans draft pick that was a pure shooter in the last six or seven years 
Alexander. One of your least favorite players in the NBA. Who? Buddy Heald. <laughs> you remember when Buddy Heald got drafted oh, yeah. and they're like, I, yeah. oh, this guy is a shooter around Anthony Davis, man. That was all I could think about. That was all I could think about. <laughs> Buddy, come to Philly, baby. Let's do it. Full circle. Um, Darryl, all right. If you're listening to this, trade for Buddy Heald. <laughs> any any more draft thoughts or are you ready to move on here? Let's move on. Uh, One more point, I guess, with the – I noticed you made a thing with the Raptors. So, yeah, I'm not really sure oh, what yeah, they're doing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, great. Like Grady Dick seems like a, a solid picking on. I don't want to hate on him, but just uh, yeah. big shooter, bad suits. No, not whatever. sure what their their plan is. Yeah, uh, it we'll, seems like we'll get into that. We'll we'll talk about them. Yeah, we'll talk about them. Other, let's get some to some of the big news items um, going on right now before free agency. Let's hit, let's hit these quicker ones first. Nikola Vucevic, uh, Vucevic, I think he's two heartsies. Uh, today, actually, as we're recording this Wednesday, the twenty eighth signs a three or agrees to a three-year deal 60 million dollar contract to stay with chicago um this we had a pretty good idea that he was going to be sticking around that chicago wasn't just going to let him walk after trading essentially franz wagner um uh wendell carter jr and, and another pick or so uh for him uh what stands out to you about vucevic we talked to this off air the definition of sunk cost fallacy for anyone not familiar, is the phenomenon whereby a person is reluctant to abandon a strategy or a course of action because they have heavily invested in it, even when it is clear that the abandonment would be more beneficial. I rest you with that. Well done. Moving on. Nothing else to say. Uh, John Collins traded from the Atlanta Hawks to the Utah Jazz for Rudy Gay. My guy Rudy Gay just still out here working. Um, a second round pick and a, a, a hot turkey sandwich. What What do you think about the Hawks making this move? Very clearly a, wow, we've waited too long to trade you and the, these aprons are going to kick our butt here in a minute. Um, anything other than that for the Hawks or, or go ahead and just you know swing it into the Jazz topic? How is Rudy Gay still around? It's crazy. That's the, <laughs> the most important part away. of this whole thing. It is. He's still going. My guy. John Collins has been um, in trade talks since the you know Teddy Roosevelt uh, <laughs> presidency, basically. Um, maybe since Abe Lincoln. I don't even know. He's literally been in trade talks <laughs> since we were probably in college, which is longer than we would probably admit long, ago. Long time ago. Long time ago. Um. Definitely biggest takeaway, like not even close, is the <clears throat> CBA is very much going to affect this league and oh teams are gosh. preparing for it. Like this is the biggest, holy crap, like uh, teams are terrified of the April teams, man. I know. And um, I think it's for the best. I, we don't need, again, the yeah. CBA talking nerd stuff because truly I, I don't think – not all the details are out yet, so it's not worth talking about it yet. But what it seems to be, it's – man, they really don't want super teams, and I'm all about that. I think mm-hmm. the league needs parity and, and like I – it's just the star three star thing is kind of getting old. So like you still do it, but it's really like the basically like down to the Bradley Beal trade. You really, really got to be sure about paying that third guy. And, and it's not really beneficial anymore to pay your third guy 50 mil, 50 plus mil. Yeah. I had to break up the three stars of uh, Porzingis, Beal and Kuzma. Couldn't, couldn't let them. What a random league. league. That's right. Yeah. But um, uh, yeah, Rudy no, Gay, uh, shout out 2006 draft. Yeah, dude. Good for him. Still in deals. Cashing them checks, my guy. Um, What do you think about this from Utah's perspective? I, I had this question in here for later, but 
what is Utah? I mean, they they were too good, too fast last year, right? They trade Donovan Mitchell, they trade Rudy Gay. They're going full tank, and then they're good. Larry Markkinen is a all star, and did he make All NBA? No, he didn't. Did he? He didn't get that last All NBA spot, did he? Anyways, I don't know. Border he, the fact that we're talking yeah. about it, yeah. the fact that it's a question, um, and then they have to trade off Mike Conley, and I think they sent. Uh, oh, Jared Vanderbilt, right? They they got rid of those guys because they were like, we need to uh, be in the lottery well. yeah. and miss the playoffs. Um, and now a good draft, and they trade for John Collins. Uh, is like, what is this team right now? You know, I, I don't you know need an official prediction, but is this like a shooting for the play in, shooting for home court advantage in the Western Conference, or a, we just found a distressed asset that we got for free, so we swung at it. You know, what do you what do you take from this for for what Utah is? This is what. So I'm gonna allude into our next topic, but I've been thinking about Dame Lillard trades, mm-hmm. and I don't want to get off topic, mm-hmm. but it's kind of connecting in with us. Like they have a few options if they're going to trade him. You could get it, it. The thing with the Donovan Mitchell trade. They did too well. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't think they even thought they were going to be the, do this well, truthfully. Mm-hmm. Um, but Laurie Markin and man, like, I don't know if they saw that coming. And, like, tr- truthfully, like, it's almost better to take the picks package. Like, you know, you're like, I'm thinking of like the potential. So, back to Dame, you have the Miami Heat and the, the Brooklyn Nets seem to be the most realistic options. The Miami Heat can offer Tyler Hero, et cetera, et cetera, picks. It's basically like two players, maybe like Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero, a bunch of picks, maybe a younger guy like uh, Jovic or something like that. But what that does is like kind of makes you better than you want to be right now. And it's just like to me, if the the Blazers were to take a trade, you should just take Ben Simmons, um, his Instagram account, and a bunch of picks. over that if you really want to rebuild because then you can just let your young guys be young guys and the thing is like what the jazz did they kind of just made themselves back in the middle again and so when you're asked like what they really are i don't know and their upside is their ceiling is not high and basically puts them in a really weird spot now they might be in a certain market like similar to portland where they just want to be good uh, that sadly exists in professional sports. It's not all about winning for everybody, like winning a title. It's about, Hey, let's go to the playoffs. Let's have a fun team. Uh, we'll break it up after a while. Um, when they get tired of the same players, but like, you know, seems like major markets are always about the title. Maybe Utah just wants to stay competitive to me though. This really screws them. And now John, then they put this up some John Collins. And I was like, okay, like you said, maybe a depressed asset. Maybe they're trying to upgrade elsewhere. Like maybe, but I just don't see any scenario where that, that plays up. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't see a scenario where John Collins is like, oh yeah, well we got him for nothing. Well, we can flip him for this. Uh, well, I mean, they definitely probably could trade him for something more, but these contracts and now in the NBA, go, go ahead. These comments. That- anyway, my last point, the contracts in the, in the NBA are just now like worse than they are. Cause it, it how it was set up like you had to pay these guys or let them walk. And and like, that's how a bunch of people got horrendous max contracts to buy his Harris, you know, Yamahimi. Jam. Four for four for 64 to be the backup center. Um, so the trade piece is, is what's sticking out to me. Cause we're, we have to remember who's in charge of Utah now. 
and it's Danny Ainge, the guy who would trade anybody, right? And and this is the thing that I'm just wondering is if John Collins at some point is getting flipped again. He wanted to be traded for four years. Well, maybe he gets traded twice in, in a year now, right? Um, because Taylor Horton Tucker opts into that deal. Is it Taylor Horton Tucker, John Collins, Akba, Agbaji, and I think Kelly Olenek's on an expiring right. They could put some contracts together, and we know they have picks. To, again, do you want to vault yourself into this whatever again already? But you never know who the next guy is that's going to become available. And this might just be a – I really do think it's a young guy, good player, long-term contract that's not horrible – and we're just going to have them there to piece together into something else next. Because I think they are already going to be too good to be in the lottery again, right? I think just they yeah. wouldn't be able to try and retank another season, right? I, I think these guys are just going to be too good for that anyways. Um, so might as well get someone who maybe raises the ceiling a little bit. Yeah, into that 45 to 50 win territory. You get a couple playoff rounds and then the next star... I almost said the next star wants to come to Utah. That's not a thing. But, you know, the next star won't be that mad when they don't have a choice to get traded to Utah. What this comes down to is Danny Ainge now sets himself up to finish second place in every single star trade now, maybe. That's maybe the goal because he can just be like, oh, dude, we were so close to Anthony Davis, man. We were so close to Kawhi Leonard. Kawhi Leonard. Name any star. (laughs) The Celtics were in at the last second. He's tw- he's texting Woj furiously, trying to say we're also in here at the last minute. Oh, the Boston Celtics are this mystery team this whole time. The Utah Jazz now can be this mystery team, and he sets him up self up for that now. So good for him. He's just right where he wants to be. Knows his brand. Uh, all right, let's hit the big one here. Damian Lillard. I'll go first on this one because I think I care less about it. Um. Basically, with Damian Lillard, we're doing this big will-they-won't-they that, I mean, other than some, like, random podcast questions and an Instagram live video, I think barely has any merit worth talking about, to be completely honest. I think every year just compounds on itself of people wanting Damian Lillard to be traded, so it gets talked about more and more, so he gets asked about it more and more. And because Damian Lillard isn't a a Kevin Durant or somebody that trolls the media or hates the media, um, he's just going to answer the questions and kind of move on. And he's been very consistent. Like, I want to win here. Uh, So, yes, I would prefer to get veteran star players in here because that's how you win. Um, Oh, you're asking me where I would like to go if I got traded? Well, I guess it would be these two places. Um, You know, maybe – yeah, maybe I'm in my feelings because – Portland just told me they're going to make the pick or they didn't do the, the, they didn't get Pascal Siakam because he didn't want to leave Toronto. So I play a Miami song in the background of my Instagram live, but like whatever, I don't care about athlete social media accounts like at all, by the way. Um, Unless it's Ben Simmons. (laughs) That's just because I like a laugh every now and again. Um, Here's what I think is ultimately going to happen. Damian Lillard's going to play for the Portland Trailblazers this season. Portland is, I think this whole two timeline thing has gotten so overblown as well. Like, why is it two timelines to have 
one really good player and then continue to try and draft good players. Like I, I know in one sense of it, it's like, oh, Shade and Sharp is this young project who's a couple years away. But like it's not like Damian Lillard's like 35, right? He turns 33 like next week or something like that. Um he he's always going to be a good shooter. He's always going to be a phenomenal leader. Uh, you you put the ball in Scoot's hands, let him run everything and Dame, you know, you you can win championship championship still if if with Scoot and Shade and Sharp the way their upsides are. Um Anyways, anyways, I disagree, I'm getting on my soapbox now. I disagree, but yeah. I'm sure you do. But just the sense that we're always talking about this in a way. And of course, Bradley Beal gets traded, and those two guys have been so linked in terms of the the media circulating about you know trading them to long-term guys, similar type players, obviously one on a very different level than the other. Um, but anyways, so here, that's my rant about it. But here's the question. Are you surprised he wasn't traded on draft night? What do you think of just the whole situation playing out in Portland? So, no, not surprised. Um, this is this is my take on Lillard. Um, I'm kind of tired. It's kind of refreshing in a way that Dame has stayed for so long. I'm annoyed and just kind of over the talk. Um, but like. A lot of times people forget that athletes are also people too. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go this. I don't really want to go in depth on this, but like, I think it's nice that he's happy and he just likes Portland. Like leave Dame alone. Zach Lowe kind of went on a little mini rant on this. Mm-hmm. I don't know if mm-hmm. you heard it. And I, I agree with him. Yep. And it's just like, we just became like, we're just, everybody's dying for slop trade slop. Like, let's just get in the mud with like all this, like, rumors and stuff and we just want endless trades just want fantasy basketball and nba 2k but like it's almost getting too crazy Mm -hmm. and it's like people don't stay it so it's kind of refreshing to see someone stay there um i disagree back to the other point on that they can win a title because their windows don't match up by the time shade and star sharp and scoot will be ready dame's going to be 36 37 um players like that are not going to win a title right away so I do agree with the one or the other thing. Um, the thing is, I, I it really, once again, goes back to Utah. What does ownership want? If they want to win a championship. They should move Dame, if that makes sense at all. <laughs> because I think their best shot is to get younger, try to hit the lottery, and be bad. Um they usually could trade for Pascal Siakam, which, you know, he doesn't seem to want to leave Toronto, but they easily could do that and probably be a relatively competitive team out West. Their, their roster isn't terrible. They're not winning the West, um, but I wouldn't be surprised. They they really could be like a top four seed, even like in a crazy world. Most likely, mm-hmm. no, it's not out of the question. I think the West is so close that, you know, if there's some injuries and stuff, they definitely could be there. Um, and once again, I'll refer to the Zach Lowe podcast. They were talking like, it's just like this whole never ending. Well, I, I don't want to, I want to be loyal and, and I don't want to be. And then like the general manager doesn't really want to trade Dame and someone just, they just need to find the optics and just basically be like, look, it's just like, we want to go in this direction. 
you, I know you want to stay loyal. It's just this never ending. Like, I don't think you can have both worlds, which it gets to the point. Like I respect Dame, but like there's just endless memes with Dame trying to stay like, like Jesus says, like, I get, give me your toughest battles. And it's just like, I need more or something stupid <laughs> like that. Like I, it just needs to, they, they can go for a mid tier seed and trade for a stud. Um, I want to do that. And back to trades, you didn't really ask this, but back to kind of what I said before, I think the <laughs> smartest route for them is to take basically just the endless amount of picks from, uh, from, from the nets, which is funny. Like that the nets don't have any of their own picks, but they have a ton of really valuable picks at the same time. Uh, well, while we're on, while we're on that, while we're on that, I keep, yeah, those those are the two teams that everyone's talking about, and that's because whatever podcast Dame was on when they asked him where would you want to go, and he says Miami or Brooklyn, I don't fully – I get it for Miami's sake, right? That's why I was projecting them for the field trade because we just saw them in the finals. You know, we, we saw them without heroes, so trading him wouldn't be a big deal. Uh, we know they need another guy that can score, and my gosh, Damian Lillard would be perfect there. They would become – I mean, they would, depending on how the free agency goes for them and everything, but they might be my Eastern Conference Finals favorite this year if 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 they were to get Damon. I mean, they definitely would be. They definitely would be. Um, no question. But but Brooklyn, I don't, I don't know. Does Dame, Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, Nick Claxton get you? No. But the four seed in the east and then you gotta think about milwaukee coming back and what's philly gonna be and what's boston gonna be and you still got my like miami still might beat them if dame goes to brooklyn see this is where it's tough i don't get it this is where it's tough because when you have a legendary player for your franchise sometimes you want to let him dictate where to go which then Mm -hmm. kills your market and like you said if he decides to go to heat then you get what you get um to me, if there's a perfect world and just like he doesn't demand for a trade, you just straight up trade him, then the, the open market, like, yeah, the Mets, Nets make more sense. I totally agree with you. The, the Nets are not like on the Zach Lowe podcast. They're like, well, you could you could pair him with Michael Bridges and um, uh, Nick Claxton. And I'm like, okay, we're, we're, we're name, why, first off, why does NBA always have to be the big three? Everybody's obsessed with the big three. Uh, and, and then if you're talking about Nick Claxton as your, as your number three guy, like, that's just, Come on, like let's be serious here. That's just not it. Like that's not it. So, no, I agree with you. If he goes to Brooklyn, that doesn't excite me. Like if, but he wants like he loves the grind. You know, Dame. He he wants like I don't know what he wants. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. The the, all their three fans. I um, think he wants to just stay in Portland. And yeah, he's gonna go in there and be like, "Hey, can can we trade for Pascal Siakam?" Uh, they mentioned your Brandon Ingram trade in that podcast today, by the yeah, way. Um, right. And that was, again, I stand, I still think they offered the Pascal trade or explored it. And then, yeah, so uh, we alluded to it, but Pascal Siakam, essentially, the, the reports are he wouldn't sign an extension with anywhere because he doesn't want to leave Toronto, which is just like, hey, man, your your boy, Pascal, somewhere out there on the airwaves or whatever this is called, there is a strictly for buckets podcast where Smick tries to talk me yeah. into this random forward who rebounds like crazy from New Mexico state. It's out there somewhere. Shout out to you for that one. Um, no one had him inside his, their top 50 
I he ranked him like 22. I ranked him in the top third. I think I, whatever pick he won, I actually had him ranked there. It was really close. I had proof of it. I, I, I want to say he was I 22. Uh, I thought he was like 27. 27. Nope, 27. Yeah, I'm pretty sure your, I had him ranked boy. 27th overall. And I was like, because I was pumped because like, no one was talking about this guy. And I'm like, the dude was a double. I was, and he was a double doubles machine at uh, New Mexico State. I'm like, this guy can play. Obsessed. You're right. Was on that um, one from day one. Thank you. Appreciate you shouting me out for that. Of course, of course, man. Of course. All right. I think I think we covered. I think we covered that. Okay. So, those are all the news items we know as of recording. Obviously, all of this stuff is going to be heating up between now and through the weekend and into the next time that we're on this podcast. So, with that, shall we get into our actual official free agency preview? Real quick, can you hear a fly flying around on my mic? Because no, but I've seen you running around. Have you seen me like, yeah, like Walter White and Jesse Pinkman? It's uh, <laughs> I'm trying to get this out of the room because like I now have a mic and I'm like this thing's going to pick up and now it's going to ruin my whole first appearance with my mic and then um I'm like it stops right next to me on this lamp and I'm like while you're talking I mute my mic I'm trying to like kill it and I'm sure you see, see me trying to like grab it out of midair. Anyway, yeah, let's do it for you. If there are any Breaking Bad heads listening, just shoot me a DM <laughs> on Twitter or respond to the the tweet I send out for this episode. Uh, just that you understood the the fly episode reference. Um, real anyways. quick, I want to shout out my friend group, uh, Launch Pale Guys. Um, so a group of six of us endless group chat. Uh, my buddy Mort claims that he discovered Pascal Siakam, so I'm going to play the audio of you telling you uh, yeah. him how I was on that. And yeah. he claims that I made a whole thing. Like he was like, Oh, I discovered him in the Cameroon just because he was saying like <laughs> how far back. So I Photoshopped him pumping up some basketballs while Pascal was shooting in some gym in like Cameroon. So it's a big Tell joke, everybody to come on the podcast. We'll debate it right here. Some people say it more. Just want to say that. All right. The free agency previews, Mick, the way I want to do this is I have a list of about 25 players. There's a 26th player. I know you'll want to talk about, who uh, got bumped at the last minute off of this list? Um, so we'll go. Yes. We'll go through a few tiers of, of these players that I, I created, um, and then we'll talk about some of the interesting teams. Are you ready? Oh yeah. All right. So tier one is uh, a mix of ability level and 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 status of the players in the league, but these are just guys that I assume are going back to their incumbent team, uh, and, and it's pretty widely widely believed for each of these guys. But still want to just bring them up, mention them, and if you have any that you really want to hit on or you're thinking won't end up going back to their team, you just let me know. So seven guys here, James Harden, Kyrie Irving, Draymond Green, Chris Middleton, uh, Vucevic is back already, Austin Reeves, Cameron Johnson, and Josh Hart. Do any of those guys stand out to you as potentially not going back to their team from last season? Where what where is what's your stance on Draymond? We'll like to hear this. I think he's gonna I think he's gonna flirt around. I think he's gonna just show flex his muscles a little bit and enjoy it. But the Chris Paul trade to me just signified that that they're running this back. They're like, hey man, we got rid of pool for you. We're gonna pay you the money. Um, we brought Chris Paul back because we want to run this thing one more time. I don't think they do that Chris Paul trade if they don't feel pretty good that in doing it they're getting Draymond back I agree but I'm curious the, the Kings stick out to me mm-hmm. he's gonna and... have some suitors the Pacers stand out to me that's a team that I like for him too really wow so yep. I, mean, I, I 
I don't know what the Pacers are doing, but that <laughs> they finally got a star, which is good. Um, no bigger hashtag this league moment than Draymond going to the Kings, I think, especially after the postseason and the, the kick with Sabonis. And, you know, they renounced Harrison Barnes. I, I'll I'll get to who I think actually they might sign, but um, I just think this would be so chaotic. And, you know, this is basically a reality TV show, the NBA anyway. So uh, to me, I, I think that Draymond to the Kings would be awesome. I it's a it. real – Monix and Twiggy moment from Semi Pro, uh, where <laughs> where Will Ferrell's Jackie Moon walks in and says, "Guys, we just traded for Monix. Now, I know he's punched almost all of you in the face and Twiggy twice." And Twiggy's just like, "Yep." It the, immediately what I thought about, like That's a great the Kings comp. make the trade. They talk about how much cap space there is now. They talk about Draymond being the thing, Sabonis and Draymond. Twiggy and Monix. That's that's a hundred percent where my brain came. Hey guys, big news. <laughs> we signed Draymond Green. Now, Demonis, I, I know he stomped on your chest and, and I know he's questioned all of your uh manhoods in the past, but you know what? That's behind us. We've got a great washing machine for him. Um he would be perfect for them. Perfect. He they need a defending four next to Sabonis. Uh, if you really want to play him at center mm-hmm. to really hide him enough. Uh, the shooting's not great, but they, I think they have enough shooting around mm-hmm. that they'd be okay. Oh man, I just love that fit, man. And just like, get tired of the Warriors. I, I, I don't see it. Um, no, uh, oh, but wait, you, you said you're, you're pretty sure you're, you're pretty sure Draymond's gonna end up staying though. I'm pretty sure, yeah. I mean, I think it's probably 80% chance he's there, but. I'm very intrigued that I think uh, these others are more obvious than than him. I, I they have a lot of money committed to their players. Mm-hmm. Now they want to say, "Hey, look, this is the greatest run of our entire franchise," which it is, and then just go all in and, like I said, CBA stuff with the first and second eight mm-hmm. purposes. Going to be a team that's in trouble uh, very yep. soon. So, do you really want to commit a max money? So, like the fact that the Kings can even threaten a max contract to them and they would absolutely sign them to that, especially their main rival down the highway. Um, so the fact that he's going to have a, to me, I, I would say the thing is obvious that he's going to have a max contract option available. It's a lot of money to give Draymond and I know he's worth it and, and what he's done to them. So yeah, I think they do that, but with the new organ, like with Mike Dunleavy there now, like it's his call and like given that, Draymond is like not a max player, obviously, but he's going to get it and he should get it just from what he does. But like his skill level is not worth the max contract. He probably should make 20, like he contract, like, um, you know, Vucevic is probably fair for him. So that was my next question. And, and guys, the, this is a whole nother podcast as well. As Mick mentioned earlier, we we're not going to get into all the CBA stuff. But it's all so complicated now with the CBA and what guys are are able to get and who's able to get what when and what a max for each individual player is like based on their years and accolades. All of that's so complicated. But but here's the question I have: it, it, a simple over under. So Draymond opts out of a twenty seven million dollar deal for this season to get a new long term deal. 
Do you think he opts out of that and he's getting a lower annual number long term from the Warriors? Or do you think he's opting out because he can he's getting more than and obviously he could get more from other teams. But what deal do you let's assume he's going to the Warriors. Let's assume he gets a three year deal. Is he getting over 27 or under 27? He might take a little discount from them and just be like, look, you guys have done great. But if you're getting 36 mil or, you know, 30 plus mil offered to you. I mean, like, we're talking about, like, crazy. I mean, I know these guys are very wealthy, but, like, man, like, 10 mil is no joke to anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, So it's going to make him think. And and to me, uh, that last season was weird. And I know they traded pool, and I think basically that seemed unsalvageable. I can't even pronounce that, but you know what I mean. Um Basically, just looked like they were they were screwed. And and to bring Chris Paul in, he might just be like, you know what, screw this guy. Uh, seriously, I mean, I, I don't know. It just seems like it's it's always there's always, and I said this before, there's always one bad contract that blows up a dynasty. And uh, Jordan Poole really was that guy. And and after seeing what they did, maybe Draymond's like, you know what, I don't think we can run it back anymore. Clay can't stay healthy. We got now Chris Paul here instead. Like this is over. Let's let's go to the younger team that really. With me on there, I mean, I don't know. Just, I just I think it's a there's a there's a world where this happens, and yeah, I think um, that. So moving on there, I, I would actually like to talk about Harden a little bit, which I don't think it's that interesting. Uh, I just want your takes on it. Um, he's saying I don't yeah. I don't think that's even a question. The Rockets thing, as I kind of been saying all along, is a hundred percent uh just for getting more money out of the Sixers. Like, hey, let's just use my old team. Let's just say it makes sense. People would believe it to some extent. I never did. Um, but let's use them as leverage and get more money because why I'm not worth the max contract that he wore, uh, mm-hmm. basically. Mm-hmm. Um and now with this new CBA, I think uh like that gave them Give him some more leverage than he would have had because all the teams with cap space are not paying him. This would puts like him and Kyrie in a weird spot. Yep. Um, like Draymond's a little different where like the Kings would overpay for him, mm-hmm. but like these teams, like, I don't think that's going to be possible. Like there's just so many guards around the league. I mentioned that with the draft with like scoot, but yeah, I, they mentioned the Clippers were a dark horse team and Woj did say something along the lines of like, there is a world where he opts in and, and they, they trade him. Mm-hmm. And one thing like the race, Ricky Sanchez, shout out to them. Sixers podcast basically said like, it's interesting in a world where, you know, you run it back fully. So that that's basically putting a lot of blame, aka the entire blame, on Doc Rivers and saying Nick Nurse is going to fix us. That's the difference. And I don't think it's like that. So to me, I think something big is going to happen, whether that's a deal with Hart. And I don't know his value because, like you know, people say Clippers and they're like, "Oh, it's definitely Paul George." But like, it it could it could be just like you know salary fill just to get him to clip to the Clippers. So. I don't know what his trade value is, and I'm, you know, like I said, I I can't be the one that gauges that, but I think it's interesting. And time just finishing up Sixers talk. I just think they can't do anything with Tobias until they know with James. So like whether that's a 
well, James isn't coming back and we're going to trade him for better players and just like let Maxi and Embiid be the stars. And then you trade Tobias for like a DeMar DeRozan or something like that. I can see that being interesting. Um, I think them being a Brack Vucevic though, maybe that's less likely. I don't really know, but yeah, no, that's, that's my take there. I'm just curious if you have any hard takes. Norman Powell and Marcus Morris make the money work. Um, but no, I, uh, right. Yeah. There's, and, and I don't think the Clippers, I don't, do they, can they trade any picks yet? I'm sure they could trade a couple in like the 2030s. Uh, but no, uh, hard, hard and I, I saw the, I saw the Woj, um, little video on, on ESPN that, that you sent me. And it was basically Harden wants this thing to go quickly. And, but if you see him opt in, that means a trade could be likely, which essentially just means like, you know, uh, it's going to get done before it gets to that standpoint. I think Philly knows they have no other options. They really yeah. want to try and, and push for everything right now. Um, so I, I, yeah, don't don't worry, don't worry, or maybe worry a lot if you don't want Harden. I don't know, I don't I don't know where your head's at these days. Speaking of the Clippers, I did see what was just said. Gordon waving mm-hmm. Eric Gordon saves 110 million luxury tax. Yep, I think they're still they're still definitely above the cap, and I think they're still in. I think they're still probably in the luxury oh, tax without yeah, that. Yeah, no, they they are. But I mean, yeah, it's it's something. It's something. Um, with a year before the the second apron rules kick in this is that that last kind of all-in year that these teams can make i think um but i'm with you i think for as weird as the landscape of everything is right now it just makes Kyrie and harden you know and a lot of these guys more likely to stay um any the of these clippers are level- the world quick on the clippers they're the espn articles has them 22 million above the second apron so Basically, I, I think getting rid of some contracts basically maybe puts them right around the first apron. Yeah. Uh, or puts them in their first apron. Uh, so, like, this is stuff that, like, people didn't care, like, teams didn't care about before. Now it's just like, you know, we can't, like, before it's just like, let's just spend money just to spend money. Right. Why not? And then it's just like, let's just match contracts and just keep continuously just burying ourselves deeper. Uh, but now it's like really going to be interesting. And I, I, I'm excited about it personally, but. Anyway, and and just for the listeners, again, we won't dive all the way in, but basically the NBA has a soft salary cap, which means that there are exceptions that allow them to go over the cap space uh, maximum amount uh, as opposed to the NFL, which is a hard cap. You can't go over the cap. NBA, you can. There's exceptions. There's rules built in that stipulations for you can spend money this way and that way and this way and that way. And basically, as long as your owner was willing to fork over a huge luxury tax bill, you could break the rules however you wanted with this new cba and these new aprons there are uh limitations on okay sure you're going to pay a huge luxury tax bill well now you can't um trade players uh you can't you can't aggregate multiple salaries to trade for one big salary you can't sign guys during the season crazy stuff like that just really limits your roster flexibility um hopefully limiting super teams, hopefully limiting the advantage that the big market teams and the big uh, spending teams have over the smaller spending teams. The main takeaway Uh, I have is just basically like if you're in the second apron, you pretty much can't address your team unless with, unless with draft picks essentially. Um, But you have to match money. Minimum guys, but yeah. Yeah. It's, it's going to be a lot tougher for sure. 
any of these uh lower level guys on, on this list, Middleton, Reeves, Johnson, or Hart stick out to you as as potentially going elsewhere? Hart staying, Jan- Johnson's definitely staying. Uh Austin Reeves is interesting. What's stopping the Spurs from signing him? Or the Rockets? The Lakers matching. And that's it. Because the Lakers can he get a max? Is this crazy? I think he can get like I think his max is like ninety eight no. mil, something like that. Well, um, this is what, and this is where the CBA comes in, and the former CBA. I think the Lakers can only offer him outright a certain amount of money. So I don't know if he they. I mean, are they allowed to match anything at all? Because like, what if the th- like the Rockets give so. him a full like max deal? And I think what happens, and and I just heard this somewhere today. I think what happens is, like, like, just for round numbers' sake, let's say someone offers him. I don't even think this is max. I think it's like ninety-eight point seven. But let's say for, for numbers' sake, it's a hundred million dollars. They give him a four-year, hundred million dollar contract, which, depending on the team, let's just say they were going to make it twenty-five million dollars a year. Well, let's say under the cap rules and the luxury tax rules and all that, the Lakers could only give him ten million dollars next year. What I think would then happen is that the rest of the money would essentially be split over for accounting purposes and for, I think, cash flow purposes in the years where they have the cap space. So instead of 25 each year, if they could only spend $10 million one year and $15 million in year two, that's 25. They need to split another 25 over the next two years. So maybe it's 40 and then 45 million or 45 and then 50 million in the last two years. I think that's how that would work because I think – they they because they have the right to match any offer they can do it they just have to make the money and make him stupid rich in the last two years of the deal that's how I think it would work. He's gonna get paid though, so oh yeah, he's getting money. He's getting money. Yeah. and it, it it's all they can really do. The Lakers have to match whatever. Um, I think if they renounce everybody else, they can still give him whatever, and they'll have the mid level. So I mean that's that's easy. They have to do that. Um, Cameron Johnson is gonna get some gonna get some looks so the nets are gonna have to match a big offer for him i think detroit apparently is willing to go into the hundred million dollar range uh monty williams is the head coach there now uh was the coach yeah. there in, in phoenix so cameron johnson has a six eight wing three and d wing who's every year showing a little more off the bounce but yeah the net the nets are bringing him back they're not they're not letting him go um let's get into this next group here so this is my true cap space group guys that are could be on the move slash likely on the move and these guys are above the mid-level exception so at least 13 million dollars a season essentially it's fred van vliet jeremy grant brooke lopez kyle kuzma um i have some i have some teams listed out for each of these guys but who stands out to you well i I saw this is definitely kuzma uh he's not coming back right I mean, Listen, you guys man, would be nuts could, to sign could, it. We could go on a whole thing about the Wizards. Old Wizards would be bringing him back. No I question. I told you midseason that he was he was getting the bag from them. Um, for those three days between the Bradley Beal trade and the Jordan Poole trade, I was like, oh yeah, there's no way they're full tank. And then they go and bring in Jordan Poole, and now I have no idea. Uh, we won't get into the Jordan Poole thing tonight, but there's a 5% chance he's back. And that 5% is that I just truly have no idea what this front office is uh, really thinking right now, but more than likely 95%, I say he's gone. 
Okay. I have yeah, the Pacers, I, I think... the Spurs, the Pistons, and the Kings as teams that could be interested. Those I are see all this true being cap space a teams. Nice renounce Harrison Barnes and sign Kyle Kuzma. Um, or He's I just think... like a juiced up Harrison Barnes. Yeah, and I think on both sides a, of the ball, Kuzma's younger... a good defender. Yeah, People, yeah, hundred percent. I think underrate that he's a good rebounder, good yeah. shooter, can do stuff with the ball in his hands. Uh, I think Kyle Kuzma's a good, good player, and this is a for all these teams that are like, let's go look at Draymond, let's go look at Jeremy Grant. This is a good, uh, let's go look at Cameron Johnson. This is a good like fourth option on that list where he's he's a step above the Harrison Barnes, PJ Washington, Rui Hachimura, um, but just below those other guys, I would say. Yeah, I just think. Um... If players are deciding, you know, if like Kuz is like, you know, I can go to the Pacers and play with Miles Turner and, you know, Tyrese Halliburton, but what's the upside there? I, I, the Kings are an exciting team, man. I mean, I think, like you said, it just gives them a little more juice. He's a more, he's a younger, taller, more athletic, better scorer, not as good of a shooter, maybe, uh, but, can definitely fill it up. I think that just would make that offense. It basically is just full fledged dying into diving into offense there, which they already kind of have anyway. So why not just go for it? So uh, I see the Kings fit here. I think he is the most likely to move out of all these guys. Brooke Lopez really sounds like he's gone. I don't know where, uh, but a lot of teams need this. Uh, so you said the magic he's like, that was mostly for Disney. That was mostly for Disney. He and Robin, I think, like have a place on Disney World's campus or just outside of it or something. Really? They're, they're huge Disney heads, man. They go like every year. Yeah, they're it's great. I'm pretty sure they have a place. They are uh, the, my favorite Brooke Lopez moment with the brothers, really. Other than the fact, well, Robin's the mascot guy, but the fact mm-hmm. that both of them, so uh what Brooke was with the Nets and, and Robin's mm-hmm. with the Knicks and mm-hmm someone a reporter asked them why would you guys not live together so do you guys live together i was like no why would we do that and then uh she was like well we just thought you guys both being in the city would make sense he goes no our cats don't get along so we can't live together <laughs> that was their whole reason and like probably was serious honestly i could see probably that totally. was. that's incredible uh, brooke lopez you is gone you think he's gone i don't think he's gone i, I think there's a really good chance i think well i know kuzma's gone um yep but no, Lopez is, day. he's such a valuable player. Like he's like an outlier of outliers, really. Like how many bigs can be as good as he is protecting the rim and also be just like an absolute money floor stretcher. Like yeah. they don't exist. These players don't exist. Mm-hmm. Like, and he should get paid for that. I mean, he is such a crucial part. And I know injuries have been a problem, but like, most recently back stuff and he's yeah, what, not, 35 yeah. right now. Like how much do you pay him? Like, let's say, right. Uh, I mean, Milwaukee, I don't know everything they can give him. They don't have the ML. They don't have the mid-level, but they have his bird rights, I believe. Um, so I'm Definitely sure they do. can do, so they, they can a, sign him. They can sign him to whatever. So like, they what's, want. what's the line that's too much for Milwaukee to sign him to? but still a good number that somebody else would sign him to. Like Houston's the popular one right now, right? They have all these young guys. They could go out and get two guys from this section of the list, right? They could go get Fred Van Vliet and Brooke Lopez and bring in some uh, veteran leadership and, and good players and really you know teach these young guys, and they could completely overpay them. They could pay them 
25 to 30 million bucks a year or something like that, which for Brooke Lopez, it's kind of like from a personal standpoint, you're sure that he would just love to stay in Milwaukee. But if he's getting double the money to go somewhere else, we said it earlier, it's hard to say no to that. So what's that line? What's that magic number for Brooke right now? I basically just wonder, like, I always get worried about the mid, like the mid, I'm about to call mid-major, just the smaller market teams. Mm-hmm. Um, I just get worried about them and and spending. Um, I know sometimes they can get tight and stuff, and they're like, "Well, we already play here," but I don't know how hard they're going to dive into like, "Hey, we're just going to we're still a contending team. Let's just bring it back." Probably ends up that way, but like you said, some some of these teams like, and it sounds like the Rockets are really going to be nuts. I think they're the biggest team to watch here. Like, you know, uh, for Tito's basically just like. I need to be. I'm tired of being bad. We need to be good, and that's and they're hard. they have picks that are starting to look like they're owed with lesser protections, I believe. So I think they have a pick yeah. to the Knicks for next year, maybe the Thunder. Um, that if they're like between three and and ten or something like that, I don't know something weird. They, they but basically they're they're fighting for to keep their picks now. I think. I thought they had all their picks from the Harden deal. That they have and anyway, I just maybe I, I see them. No, they have tons of picks. Um, they basically have all the next Nets picks. Um, but they to me, there's just like that's when there's always this one team that just like ruins stuff and like they're, they're, they're going to be the team. Um, so I'm curious to see that Fred Van Vliet. Uh, that definitely turns into a possible spot for him. They said that they're going to offer him maybe two years, 80 mil. Which like okay, the Raptors would be like, yeah, I'm not going to pay you 40 mil. Um, what is Fran VanVleet? Is he is he a starting point guard? Is he a a good veteran piece? Is he a third guard? Is he a number two on a playoff team? Like what what is Fred VanVleet now? Fred VanVleet's very good. He's a sneaky good defender. Um, he's definitely a starter. Um, he's apparently the Sixers backup plan. Like it sounds like it's a near lock. If we don't sign Harden, we're going to find a way to get Fred VanVleet. Mm-hmm. So um, that would feel confident that he's a floor general, can hit some threes. He's very small, but he's good for his size. Um, to me, you re- listed the Spurs. Um, I don't know about the Pistons. I think they kind of want Cade to be their guy. Spurs have a glaring need for a point guard. And, and I was going to talk about the Spurs here in a minute. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to take it slow, though, so I don't think that the Spurs are really an option. I really think they're going to just take this this slow. So... Probably does come down to the Rockets giving them like two eighty, yeah. So, yeah. Let Let's talk about the Spurs because yeah, they have that huge Nina point guard. They have the money to spend. I wrote down three names for them. Fred VanVleet was one. Austin Reeves was another. But like you said, they're, they're like or we talked about, like it's probably a match. I like Gabe Vincent for them. Okay, I really like it because because that's not superstar. That's not like you said. They're they're. Probably not going all the way for it just yet. But he screams spur to me, man. He just screams spur, and they need that point guard right now. I mean, not not to be as simplistic as as short shooting point guard, but very Patty Mills like. Um, Patty yeah. Mills was in multiple places before he was a spur. I any of these point guards on the list, well, not any of them, um, but but a few of these guys, I, I could really see Gabe Vincent. But I, I like the Spurs going after some point guard to play ahead of Trey Jones. But he's not like a point guard point guard, which I th- I think they need a floor, especially like these rebuilding teams. And 
it was really annoying during like the process for the Sixers, but I was like, oh, you need... so like you really do though. Like it's almost like yeah, exactly. It was impossible to like almost develop your guys without a point guard. So as soon as Ish Smith came around, like Ish Smith out of all people mm-hmm. made guy. a world of difference because it's like it's gross because he like he actually made us better and we were trying to be bad so but it's like no like he's he's helping your guys develop and he, he knew so at least someone out on the floor knew what to do so i mean gay vincent i love gay vincent like oh my god he would be perfect everywhere pretty much but he's not that point guard point guard and i think they really need one of those guys to help develop their guys and kind of run the offense feed the floor general cases you know chaos breaks out you can give the ball to hit that that guy and and he, and he makes it better. So I, I I don't know who that option is. I don't actually have an answer to that. And they they really might just kind of wing it this year, which hey, that's that's fine. That they're they're gonna take this slow and they should. I think they probably should try to get like another lottery, high lottery pick. But yeah, that's right. I, I, I do like the fit though. I agree it's Patty Mills light. Wizard Wizards are uh shopping Monty Morris right now. Uh, so actually that's the that's the perfect one. And and I believe Zach Lowe even said like one of the major podcasts. It might have been Wendy said that you know they definitely should contact the Wizards for Monty Morris we, we or Ty it, Jones or Ty Jones. Actually, both of those are perfect fits. So to me, those that's a hundred percent it. Like those two are the guys for the Spurs. Um, I would well, listen. Move. I need I need one if Koulibaly is going to learn how to play and fill lengths and transition. Yeah, I you probably don't need to keep both of them. Monty Morris would be a perfect fit. Like the the. You guys had the top two assist to turnover ratio point guards in the bad game of basketball. Listen, right? Ish Smith left, and we needed to fill the we needed to fill the void. Uh, let's hit this next tier of players. These are my question marks. You could tell me any they get any contract, and I'd probably believe you. These are guys that I could see being cap space guys. I could see being mid level guys, which is about twelve million dollars. So when I say cap space, I mean a little bit above that. Um, a couple of these guys, I wouldn't even do the full MLE, but that's not really the way the league is now. So this is the list. D'Angelo Russell, Harrison Barnes, Karis LeVert, Jordan Clarkson, PJ Washington, who I really don't know what that guy is. Um, the Charlotte void. But but Russell, Barnes, LeVert, Clarkson, Washington. Who stands out to you? Are they a cap space? Are they a mid-level? Are they below the mid-level? Where do they go? Who do you want to hit? Yeah, um... D'Angelo Russell is such a wild card. Like he plays like a mid-level exception guy, but like also just came off a max contract. But also he is in yeah. the later part of his career at this point. So yeah, I think he's probably MLD guy. Prove it deal. Um it just depends on the teams. Like the you know, the full MLE teams that are like good, like Cavs stick out to me, Grizzlies stick out to me, T Wolves stick out to me. Um, those are the teams I'm like, yeah. Uh, but <laughs> the Cavs and Grizzlies specifically, um, well, one player that's not on your list, I think that is one of the more interesting ones are you gonna do are, it? is, is absolutely is Dylan Brooks. Oh yeah. I left him off. Tell me, you were going. Tell, no, tell me he's not a perfect fit for probably, uh, uh, shoot. I just, uh, really just, well, I think he should go with the Cavs. That'd be kind of cool. Um, he doesn't really shoot well though for them. Um, I mean, but he shoots. Isaac Okoro didn't shoot. They won't have that problem. That is true. Um, put it up. 
Um, but the, the Rockets, Brooks. though, yes, do you think I the Rockets off. or the Spurs? Oh, Jesus. The Rockets. Yeah, sure. Just put them on the Rockets and let's just. I think that's what's going to happen. Really. off somewhere else. Um, yeah, I left Dylan Brooks off because I was looking at players that might make a team better for the most part. Uh, I guess D'Angelo Russell and Kyrie don't necessarily feel that, um, but they're they're kind of big names. I mean, Memphis told Dylan Brooks the day the season ended that they don't want to bring him back. You know, I, that's not a real vote of confidence. But yeah, Houston's probably throwing the mid level at that guy. Um, I think they'll throw more. Actually, I think they'll they'll throw more. Oh goodness right. gracious! Um, anyway, moving on. Um, <laughs> what's Karis Levert? Is he going back to Cleveland? Is that I, I, and is I he an know. MLE guy? What what is he? I, I find him even more because I think D'Angelo Russell probably ends up back in LA. And yeah, maybe it is for the mid-level. Maybe that's how that works out. And I think in terms of regular season innings eater, he works fine. Yeah. Um, but but tell me about Karis Levert. What do you think? What do you think for him? I, I'm not a big Karis Levert guy. I, I mean, he's like all or nothing. I mean, the health is always a problem. He can fill it up, but like he's just not efficient. Like it's, it's rough. Uh, he'd be a phenomenal six man on a really good team. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean that's kind of what he was anyway for the Cavs. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, finding me as a, I, I, I'd take him as a full MLE guy. I think though, I, yeah. I think like for like that you know right. for your top tier contenders guys, but the like I said, these full mid level exception guys teams, Grizzlies. Uh, the Hawks, uh, uh, Hornets, and I was reading the ESPN's mid-level exception teams. Like, I just don't think he's a really good fit unless, you know, Minnesota kind of needs to score off the bench. Uh, I mm-hmm. can see that being a nice fit. Um, yeah, just, he probably goes back. That's that's my answer. Is He probably just goes back. The Mavericks? Yeah. Actually, yeah, it's, that, that could work. I could see that. They kind of have a lot of – mid-tier wings though so they, they just feel like yeah. they have too many of those though i don't i don't know if that's the answer for that i mm. i um who knows what the Bulls what about d'angelo to, what about d'angelo to the to the mavericks it's like almost oh, a backup God. backup point guard if uh see when they be in san antonio keeps texas as a state in the nba but if we had D'Angelo and Kyrie and Dallas and Dylan Brooks in Houston. I would really <laughs> just want to find a way to just send those teams somewhere else. Um, yeah. I I mean, I don't know. They just spent sent Spencer Dinwiddie out for Kyrie. Do they want to bring back a, a smaller version of him? I don't like that one. I don't like that one. But again, like I, from a – you bring Kyrie in to be that secondary ball handler. I don't see bringing in another one. Unless getting the MLE as an offer for Russell gets it through his head that hey you're you're a secondary guy and he know he did that he 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 fit that role well for the Lakers in terms of him following suit of what it was I thought and he was better off ball as a shooter in Minnesota at the beginning of the year so yeah I mean I I I could see it I could see it um and the Hawks they just they just got. Uh, Buffkin in the draft, right? So they probably won't go get a third guard here in free agency. Um, let's uh, to go back to Karis Levert a little bit. I'm, I want to focus on the Cavs. We know that three is an issue. Um, that three spot with Okoro, Levert, Chetty Osman, 
everything they've tried there. We obviously saw in the playoffs that Jared Allen and Evan Mobley did not work. I like going after one of the these big wings for them if the Cavs have uh, the mid-level. You know, so that's where it's like from from the same tier, Harrison Barnes, is he a mid-level that they could get to play the three a little bit? And then when they want to go with Mobley at the five or just Allen without Mobley, Barnes could play the four. Is that a guy for Cleveland you could see? Sorry, I forgot to unmute. I think that's great if they trade one of their bigs. Um, mm. That's just like a really – I mean, Harrison Barnes is like a bigger – like you said, he's basically like a small he's, stretch He's four. basically a four now, yeah. Especially now he gets, he's getting older. Um, I think it works because he can shoot, so it's fine. And no mm-hmm. one else can shoot from them out of the wing spot really like that. Uh, so, yeah, no, I think it works. I, I really would love to see them trade Jared Allen. And let Mobley beat the full time five. I think that's they want to succeed. That's their best option. Um, and I and I, I like I mock tree I did on our podcast last time. I, I thought the Mavs were the mm-hmm. perfect fit for that. Um, so I I don't know, but yeah, no, I I could definitely see that being a pretty good, pretty good spot for them. All right, last one from this tier. What's PJ Washington? <laughs> These bad teams that you don't know how they work, they it just makes it so hard to really understand. I would love to see him go to a good team. I would, I would love to see Indiana take a swing on him, maybe. That would be fun. I know we just said good team, and they just have the eighth pick in draft, but a, a, a team that at least has a direction that makes sense. But he probably just ends up back in Charlotte, right? Yeah, I can't make a PJ. I, I can't say I have a PJ Washington <laughs> mark. I, I, I just I – uh, I have no real thoughts. He, no real he's thoughts. good, and, and I thought he'd be a little better. Um, he actually, I thought, was really going to play a lot for Charlotte, and just kind of didn't really do too much. He's he's probably MLE guy, yeah. Yeah, let's get into this tier that's like true should be MLE guys, and and maybe someone overpays them, but these are these are good players. These are well, and and Rui, uh, Bruce Brown, Dante Divincenzo, Rui Hachimura, Max Struess, and Gabe Vincent, who we uh, alluded to earlier. These are guys that I have as like perfect mid-level candidates. Um, what who stands out to you here? I was going to, well, Bruce Brown does, and you don't mm-hmm. think he's a cap space guy? You don't think a uh, team's going to pay him eighteen mil a year? Why not? I mean, a bad team could. Yeah, a bad team I mean. could for sure. And it just well, the thing is, the the Nuggets are literally limited to what they can do. Um, like so, seven million or something like that. Yeah, so really, he should have. I forget the path, but I thought he should have opted in, and then re-signed a pretty big. I think deal he can take year. a like a one plus one for the seven point eight, and then opt out next year, and yeah. then they can give him more. Um, that's it. Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. So I guess that's his path. But like, I mean, so teams gonna offer you twenty million, you gonna turn it down? You just won your title, man. Like. I would go get it. He was so, a second round pick, right? Bounced around. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, Mid, man. Cool. Early second round pick, I thought out of Miami, right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, yeah, but, out of Miami. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No, I think Bruce Brown is it is a guy that a team might pay. I why well, would I? I don't know. I have a team on top of my head, but 
why why would someone not? I mean, they saw how important he was. He literally like won the Nuggets a game in the freaking finals. So like mm-hmm. I mean, everybody needs this type of position. People, like I said, this is literally why Brandon Miller went number two, because people are obsessed with wings. Even though he's a smaller wing, he's kind of really a guard, but like he's a wing. He, he guards, he'll guard one through three and and really just do all the dirty work and stuff. And like he's a winning player. Like Phenomenal hit by the Nuggets on this move. Can't believe he went for the uh, lower level exception, mid level exception. But yeah, yeah, I could definitely see a team going 15, 18 mil for Bruce Brown. But I mean that that's such a big jump from where he was last season. But it, it could definitely happen. So I mean that puts any team really on the list. But the MLE teams, the mid level teams, were the ones that really caught my attention. Again, that's the price range I was thinking for him and and those are typically the teams that it's a good team who could use a player like this so here are the teams that stood out to me let me know if any really stands out to you the Lakers the Grizzlies the Hawks the Cavs the Jazz and I threw the Hornets in here but you know they're bad but but that's that's the kind of bad team that could be like, let's bring in Bruce Brown. Um, right. But I mean, Lake, Lakers, Grizzlies, Cavs were like the the big, big ones in terms of real playoff teams. The Hawks, Jazz, Hornets too also stood out. Anybody for, for Bruce Brown there stand out to you? Uh, man, like I said, not, not necessarily a team sticks out, no. But what I was getting at is just like teams want wings like that, like mm-hmm. to do everything. He's a valuable guy. There's going to be a market for him. It's going to really take a lot of loyalty and basically like a wink, wink, nudge, nudge type of deal to, like you said, probably sign, re-signs with the Nuggets, um, takes the one in, one out, and uh, then can sign his bigger deal next year. And I, I think that's probably the most likely way. And I, I don't think they want to break up this team at all. And it just makes a lot of sense. So truthfully, I think that's what happens. Uh, but I think it would take a cap. It's going to take a cap space team to, to really take him away. Gotcha. That's that's to me. That's the only thing. Like yeah. if the Spurs yeah. rush, you know, yeah, go crazy. Yeah. Would you rather get twelve from the Lakers and compete for a title, or take the eight with the Nuggets, who you just won one with? You know, and it's worth the four less mil he can take this year to what he can make next year when they can actually. I guess you would. I think you acquire bird rights at that point. So right, and they could go um, much higher. Yeah. So to me, it's that's. That's that's the, that's what makes sense. It's going to be the cap space teams or the Nuggets, and then the rest of these guys. Your your boy Dante Divincenzo, obviously, uh, he probably he I don't think can even return back to Golden State unless he did it for the minimum. But I'm sure a team will come calling with the mid level for him. Rui, who my God, I have no idea what he would have been worth before that little playoff run he had, but he could be out there and don't know where he is on the PJ Washington spectrum. But I would guess a slightly cheaper version, but maybe he's more expensive. Maybe he's the same. I don't know. And then the two Heat guys, which we've alluded to, Max Drews, Gabe Vincent, who I love for the Spurs. I could see both of those guys on the Lakers. Um, I could see Strews going to the Magic. They have cap space. Um, or the Pacers or the Thunder even, because he can do a little bit with the ball in his hands. Vincent, I also like going to the Raptors as a Van Vliet replacement, or I put the Jazz for them too. Uh, he could play with uh with with any of those guards. Um Dante DiVincenzo I had for the Hawks, the Hornets, the Jazz, the Lakers. He's a bit of a tougher fit, not as a non-shooter, non-real playmaker. Um could could be that like poor man's Alex Caruso replacement in LA. 
Um, any of those guys stand out to you? Max Drews for sure. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be tough for – well, and Gabe Vincent. I think both these guys – it's going to be hard for the Heat to retain them. And uh, I yeah. know they're going to try all the, do all they can to, to, to do it. I don't know the exact logistics of that. But mm-hmm. um, like a team like the Magic, it's tough for these teams like the Thunder. Like they only have like one roster spot open, even though they have like 20 mil in cap space. So like yeah. or 15 mil. Um, to me, they're an interesting team. But it's also like these guys, they just have so many guys. Like yeah. just too many of them. Like yeah. a lot of guards, like you got Dort, who's good, uh, Giddy, SGA, obviously. So like, there's your kind of like your three, um, and then like Jalen Williams is your three, I guess, like combo yeah, wing. So, mm-hmm. Like, and I don't think Lou Dort's that good. So like, if you really think Max Struess is good, that's a fun signing, I, and I do think he's good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Magic clearly want shooting, so I think yep. that's an interesting point to them. They also have like fifty guards, like mostly point guards. Too many guards, so like, and they have wings. I mean, Bogner, Howard, who they just drafted. Yeah, the and I guess, I guess one the knee point of where, Jonathan Isaac. Oh man, Powell Ben Yeah, they've got they've got well, guys. They can acquire some serious cap space with renouncing. Uh, was it uh, Fultz and, and Jonathan Isaac, which would mm-hmm. be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um. Truthfully, like as much as I I like those two guys, that might be smart to go after someone bigger. Uh, I probably would try to do that. I don't know who's going to sign there in Orlando, uh, but I mean, I'm just getting crazy just off the top of the head here. Right? But what if they like try to get Max Struess and Gabe Vincent both overpaid them both, where the oh, yeah. he couldn't they pay could. them, and and then, um. You know, because I don't think Cole Anthony's a, a playmaker or a difference maker. I don't think Markel Fultz, Markel Fultz is a definitely like a borderline starting point guard in this league, but mm-hmm. it's still going to take some time for him to be good. So, like, if they really want to get serious and they finally got Ben Caro, and I think Jalen Suggs is decent, uh, Franz Wagner is a stud. Uh, so, really, like, with the trio there, like, go get like those two Heat players. You can pay them, overpay them. You're going to have to mm-hmm. overpay them being Orlando. Uh, but, Basically, do it where no other teams really can do that, and then you say you go grab both of them, and that I, I mean, I think that's a very interesting scenario, um, for sure. Um, but yeah, do you have any thoughts on I that? Forgot, I forgot they could renounce both Isaac and Fultz this year. Yeah, they can. And they Gary can. Harris. Yes, they can create crazy gap space. Exactly. I mean, I love that. I if I I'd be interested in them keeping Fultz, and I think. Fultz, Suggs, Anthony. They just got um, who's the rookie? Black Anthony Black. So I don't they know a, if they, they get do another have a guard, point guard right? in, in Vincent, but I could see them getting Struess on the wing, and and going with a Bancaro, Wagner, and uh, and Struess kind of wing trio, and and renouncing Isaac, um, Vincent. I still love for the Spurs, man. I'm still I still want that to happen. Um, I think that makes a lot of sense. I think any of these five guys, though, um, especially not Rui, uh, so really any of the four, Bruce Brown, Dante DiVincenzo, Max Struess, Gabe Vincent, I would love to see the Lakers go get just as another. And then you you keep Austin Reeves and you renounce the other guys, which I think they already did. Um, But I'd like to see another good fitting piece on the Lakers. I think that would be really fun. Um. All right, let's get to these last couple guys here, these below mid-level guys. 
I think guys that are below the the even eight to ten million dollar range, this the baby mid level um, teams that have the five million dollar mid level exception could go get. Russell Westbrook, who can get 3.8 mil from the Clippers or a little bit more from other teams. Uh, Dennis Schroeder, uh, Seth Curry, who's been quiet as of late. Um, and you could throw your guy Christian Wood in there. What, what do you think? Who, who stands out? Which one of these teams? Maybe one of these teams we haven't talked about who doesn't have a lot of money, these true contenders um, and the Pelicans that, uh, that you like for any of these guys. I think Russ is a minimum guy. I don't think he gets less than that 3.8 from the Clippers. I don't know if that's the minimum for him these days. Um, yeah, I think that's the vet I think minimum, that's his yeah. floor. I think that's his floor. I think that is the vet minimum for him. Okay. It's around there. I, th- I think he could get more from another team. How good of a team and what would his role be, that's what I don't know. I think he could get more than 3.8, though. I think Seth Curry could be a fun, like, hey, you know, I made a good career here. Let's just try to go to a serious contender go to the Suns. Suns need to fill out the roster um and and they're really gonna have to hit some minimums so i don't know if seth curry is a minimum and um yeah what did he get last year uh he was around 10 mil he's around eight to between eight and 10 mil um so they're right below the second apron they're seven and a half below um basically they just have the mid-level free agent so they can basically do the two and a half to five i I think that's more their area for this i think for sure mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um even though espn kind of had him as the five to twelve yeah um but i mean it might get to a point where they're like you know like let's let's take less to go to a to mm-hmm. you know a team with really good stars <laughs> mm-hmm. so anyway yeah no i think the suns are interesting with that um yeah, you know, maybe teams go to the Nuggets if if they lose like a Bruce Brown or something like that. That'd be so um, cool. I don't see uh, Russ. I have I, I really don't know what team wants to take him at this point. I don't think there's a market for yeah. Russ. And and same with Schroeder. I think like he he played pretty well for the Lakers. Um, I think he should and, just stay in L.A. That yeah, that's where he's same. been his best fit since so you know uh for for a while. Um. I think his his best chance. I don't think he's gonna get the mid level is, is his best option at this point. And again, I say that not saying if someone offers him ten million dollars versus the Lakers offering him five, right? That it's still best for him to go. No, go. But I'm saying I think I think he has the most value with the Lakers at this point. So whatever they end up offering him, I think would probably be the ceiling. Russ, like I said, I'm sure can get more than three point eight with the Clippers, but then you get into the value of him being in L. A. and and them seeming to have enjoyed having him there might be worth more than the what seven mil he could get to go somewhere else and watch the uh, Hornets give him the full mid level exception or something like oh, that. Oh lordy, you're probably right. Yeah, we didn't we didn't draft Scoot because we got Scoot 1.0. Russell <laughs> Westbrook does everything. Scoot. Yeah, I talk do. about one free agent uh, that I would actually I'm very curious where he ends up, and it looks like he's probably leaving his team. Yep, Shake Milton. Oh, okay. Always been a Shake Milton guy. Yep. Uh, I've been a truther for Shake Milton. He can play. He's had flashes of just utter brilliance uh, at times. Doc Rivers, uh, of course, was on the receiving end of that one. Uh, Shake went off against the Clippers. He put a 30-plus piece on uh, the Clippers. 
Um, he's a really good guard, which I never understood mm-hmm. why Doc never played him. I think he clearly had a confidence issue, and it was like he was so afraid to mess up, and he knew if he did mess up that Doc would pull him, which is one of the reasons I had an issue with Doc Rivers, and I thought that he was just like continuously just not give his younger players a long enough leash. Shake can make a I, – I mean, I think he's more like a six-man on a bad team – Definitely rotation level on a good team. It's I think it's going to be another player that the Sixers let go that's a usable piece. Uh, I think that's another guy that they just didn't use properly. Um, it really seems like he's gone, which is a shame. Apparently, he wants a bigger role. I don't blame him. He deserves it. Um, so I'm curious to see where he maybe ends up. And and uh, you know, ESPN has him as the two to five million guys. Mm-hmm. He's not a mid level exception guy for sure. No, but yeah. Um, where you want to see him from one of these good teams that doesn't have any money to spend Suns, Heat, Nuggets, Celtics Warriors, Clippers I I can't think of one off the top of my head um, but basically I think like I'm looking like the Mavericks don't really have a backup point guard Um, and to Mm -hmm. me that would be really fun so we'll go to Dallas because um, I think he really could play alongside Luka and Kyrie both because he can really play off ball too, but yep. also can run the point. So he's really a true combo guard. He's more probably like off ball. Um, so give me Dallas, like, cause uh, you know they basically were running Frankie Smokes as their backup point guard, and uh, oh my Lord, yeah, it's just they're 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 not deep enough, and and to me, like, that's that's a really nice fit. So we'll go with Dallas for him. Well, that was full circle bringing Frank Nilakina on this podcast once again. Um. I'm going to go sadly watch some Bilal Koulibaly highlights and <laughs> see if I can talk myself into it. Smig, appreciate you as always, man. Thank you so much for being on the pod once again. And uh might be a while before we do another NBA thing, but everybody make sure you go follow Smick online. Smick, what do we have to look forward uh, to from you over the summer with no NBA? What's going on? Uh, well, you can follow me at Smicky. There's three Ys, S-M-I-C-K, three Ys. Mm-hmm. Um you can see what I'm up to, uh, which is probably just dying for NBA trade rumors after the next week, after it slows down, I'm just going to be dying for them. Crazy summer league tweets, just like loving the ninth guy hey, on the really Spurs close to summer league Chet play again. There we go. There's I'm excited to see Chet. All right. There you go, guys. Head over to at Smicky with three Ys and look for Chet summer league tweets. Smick, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Yes, sir. Pleasure as always. Thank you all so much for listening. Once again, make sure you are back every week to the Simon Short Podcast. We have some fun announcements coming next week. So make sure you are subscribed. Make sure you're following me on Twitter at Simon underscore short. And uh, we will keep it locked and loaded for you here. So everybody have fun and be safe out there.